So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Heyo, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. This is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about all things running and the other nonsense going on in our life. So buckle up, let's go. All right, we're here. That was very aggressive. Yeah, do you know what's exciting? No. Okay, first off, we're getting we're closing out the year. Oh. It is the end of the year 2022. Which, 2022, it had some pretty exciting stuff, and we'll do a whole podcast just on our 2022, right? Yeah, the yeah. next one. The next one. But right now, we're doing regular podcast. We're going to have a guest. Who's our guest at the end of this one today? Oh, shit. I think it's there Sharon Lochetti, isn't it not? It is. Oh, it it's is. Sharon. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Winner of the TCS New York City Marathon 2022. Robbie should get paid because TCS, he even included that instead of just saying the New York City Marathon. You're welcome. Yeah. It, you throw in an NYRR. I'm sure they'd appreciate that. You know, and then all the money will come to you because mm-hmm. it'll be like Robbie knows how to promote and we'll get it there. <laughs> but Sharon was awesome. She, yeah, she was. We did a, did we talk about the run? I guess we did we because did. we did. Well, we, we like talked about. But we didn't say how it was. No, because it was. Yeah, yeah, but I think we need to tell people what it was like. <laughs> I mean, that thing was insane. Yeah. we ha- It was last Thursday morning and uh, I guess eight days before this podcast came out, comes out. It was we thought it might have a chance of snowing outside chance no i was no such luck it was it was the kind of weather you hope it would snow because it was the coldest it could possibly be without snowing it was 33 and raining and Mm -hmm. and it wasn't sprinkling it wasn't a mist of rain this was big old drops heavy rain just the lousiest conditions you could think of and we had over 50 people show up at seven in the morning was it seven that we started yeah at seven in the morning, how many people did we end up having? Someone said they counted it was like sixty something or something. Like yeah, that. I think yeah. including us and Under Armour people and stuff like that. But it was, yeah, it was pretty lousy. And there were some people there because I talked to some people who were like, "I've never run in rain before." I'm like, "Welcome to the baptism." Wait, that was their first rain? Oh. No joke. That's, That's not the one I would rest, ease you yeah. in on. I'm like, dude, if you can do this, you're good. Plus, dude, rain runs are the best afterwards. And it I have feels to good. I have to say, Sharon. She lives in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I doubt she's running on crazy streets. That might have been the first time she ever experienced rain in her life. Freezing rain. Yeah, because it doesn't rain in Africa. But she said it was the rainy season when she was I'm training ki- for... You're kidding. Oh, I think New York City. Okay. Anyway. But do they train... Isn't that like the... Why Des Linden won Boston was because the Kenyans never really train in rain? Or cold. I think it was the cold more than anything. Oh, it was the cold. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's... I also think Des won because everybody's like... They still dress really light, 
Like, if you remember, she wore a jacket the entire race. Like, she didn't take off her jacket. Yeah. And everybody else was like, all the women that got hypothermia were in, like, singlets and stuff like that. They also have, like, 0% body fat, so that doesn't uh, Des isn't Des isn't a high percentage no. body fat. Not at all, but I'm just saying, like, they, if the they don't have, if they don't don't have the clothes on, yeah, they're not. Yeah. Anyways, Sharon was awesome. Everybody loved her. Uh, very down to earth. A lot of fun to talk to. You'll get to that interview. But for the run. Yeah, it was it was wet. Uh, we were wearing the Under Armour Velocity Elites. My feet were wet before I even walked outside. It's a screen door. They got scared wet. They knew it was coming. I felt it. Well, that's a good point. There's no exposed rubber on the bottom of that shoe. How was the grip in the rain? Which is weird because the grip is actually really good. I was going to say, I wasn't worried. <laughs> I didn't get it. Yeah. It's, ru- it's rubberized foam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I think you get some of that, but it really is a smooth looking bottom. So when we do the review, yeah, it'd probably be worth mentioning. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun, and then we did the uh, Celtic Solstice five mile race. Oh, Megan, myself, I I had a charity bid, which is Thomas's charity to <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Thomas gave me uh, his bib, which is cool. Which, in hindsight, looking at what I heard about the course from Megan. Probably happy that I didn't uh, end up running that course. But Omega did a 22-mile run finishing. Well, I guess you did two cool down after mm. the race. but So her last few miles were the race. Wow. And she still podiumed. That's ridiculous. She still, still came in second place out of 2,900-something runners or whatever it was. But your, Achille- your Achilles thing is fine? Okay, we got to talk about what I've been doing here. Oh, shoot. Oh, man, this ben, is good. Ben Johnson and I were chatting, and I guess he had a bout of Achilles tendonitis maybe a few years ago. Mm. And so being Ben, he, like, does all this research to try and find, like, how to cure it, you know? And he sends me this article that's, like, it's kind of ridiculous. It's called The Night Wrap Treating Inflammation. I, that sounds like some sorcery there. <laughs> so it's you I basically, <laughs> basically, you take this ridiculous concoction of um, arnica gel, arnica, arnica gel, and arthritis cream, both sort of like pain relievers and inflammation reducing. You mix them equal parts together on your Achilles, okay. and then <laughs> you wrap it in Glad wrap before bed every okay. night. Yeah, this is, was that found in a 1930s homeopathic <laughs> it, was, it was written in 2017. There's no, you okay. mean 1720. Okay, but <laughs> so he messages me this, and we happen to have, so Megan Featherston had already suggested the arthritis cream to me, so I had that. And we already had Arnica gel, whatever the heck that is. I actually have that, too. Okay. I put that on my ankle when I, I just time keep, I roll. I just keep it around. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. So we, so we already had these ingredients, so like that night after he messaged me, I did it, and... I think I did it for five days straight. Dude. Nah, stop. My Achilles has never felt better. (laughs) I kid you not. That's, oh my gosh, I love it. And tomorrow's her big workout. Dude, if you would have went to the doctor, they probably would have said you need surgery right away. They would have been like, you can't run, like you need to. Meanwhile, they don't know witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's wrong with modern medicine. Yeah. (laughs) I think you could sprinkle in some, some past sort of snake oil salesman type things i mean think about it those snake oil salesmen they probably had like one bottle on their wagon that was good it was it was opium (laughs) (laughs) works on everything just rub this on you 
You feel good. I got to yeah. say, it's also like a really good look heading to bed with a... It is. I said, you know, some people use saran wrap for birth control. I go, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, did you try... Tell me you didn't think about figuring out a way to do it for your hip. Ah, nah. He did. He was like, wait, should I start doing that? I was like, no. No? I No, I... I I know what's wrong. I, I just need to, I need to rest. So I'm going to rest it. I'm going to take a, this week completely off. Uh-huh. I'm going to cycle the following week. And then if it feels okay, I'll start running again. I downgraded my, I was registered for the full in Houston. Mm-hmm. And I downgraded now to the uh, half. Okay. And that's optimistic. Hopefully I'll be able to, I'm, to run that. Yeah. But it's, it's only like three weeks away. Oh, wow. Right, really? Three and a half. Yeah, you're right. So I'll have to see if I can run. And then, like, what kind of shape am I going to be in after basically four weeks off since I was kind of hobbling stuff together last week? Mm. I think but I made the mistake. go out there and see what it's like. I made the mistake of going out on Sunday because I did a little three mile before you guys did the um, race. And it didn't feel right, but it didn't feel too much worse afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. And I talked to Ben Adams. Ben Adams like, it sounds like something like this. So it didn't sound serious. So I was like, all right, I'm going to run through it. And so Sunday I went out and did five miles. And when I finished up, like, I was I was limping the rest of the day. Like, it, it was bad. And even today it still hurts. So that was three days ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I feel you. That definitely sucks. Yeah. Well, are I have you, a chance to come back and be healthy for Tokyo, so I'll just do that. Yeah. What are you? Is it driving you insane? You know, I'm actually handling it better than I will say, much better than uh, I was in, in the past. Expecting. How many times have you cried? Uh, just in my pillow. <laughs> like I try to be quiet. Because you're sleeping beside someone who had their legs ran around. Yeah, I was just trying to keep it quiet. I got arnica gel in my eye. <laughs> um i mean that's good yeah that's good so speaking of running like uh when you did do your run this weekend Uh uh-huh you took out a shoe that should or should not be on sale yeah apparently the adidas takumi sen 9 there's an odd zero in there somewhere wasn't supposed to be on sale until may or maybe september of 2023 the september thing is weird because the eight came out almost two years ago yeah like no, no, it came out. Uh, it came out a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly a year All ago right, okay. this week. Yeah, um, and so, anyways, it came went on sale, and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get it, so we just bought a pair. So they came in, and I took it out for. I had a thirteen mile long run on the schedule. It was seven miles up to Druid Hill Park where we were, where the race was, and so I ran up there. I, oh, I didn't tell you this. So I was, as true Robbie in true Robbie fashion, I like so got up early in quotes and then found a way to like leave at the last minute to, <laughs> to get to the race. Uh, if I was running like nine or ten minute miles, like average up there, all and, uphill. Yeah, all uphill. Um, and then so I was to the top of the hill in Brewers Hill in our neighborhood, which sucks to run up. Like, it does. You're you're up there and you're like finally. As soon as I got to the top, I realized that I forgot my bib. <laughs> oh, so I had no. to come back home and then like pin it on quick and then run back up the hill. So that was like an extra half mile. And then Are you tucking the hill on like fate? Uh yeah, yeah. Basically. Like, like by the top, Royal Farms. To the top of the like, yeah. Conkling. Yeah. 
Um, and so yeah, I held blows. Yeah. So then I, I, I made it almost, I was definitely almost late for the race. I was running across the field, like <laughs> towards like, I was getting that I was heart like, rate I didn't up. see Robbie before the race. Yeah. This um, explains it. Basically handed off my vest to Jarrett and then just jumped in. And, but the shoe, the shoe was nice. It was actually pretty nice, just some slower paces. But here, I mean, you got to give a little bit of history. Like, yeah. this is one of your top. The Takumi Sen Eight mm-hmm. was a shoe that we had a lot of debate about because it did come out in December, and you kept wanting to add it. I I swear, you wanted to add it to last year's. This year's. This I year's. know, but you wanted to add it to last year's, and we're like, it's too late. And then this year's you wanted to add it. And I'm like, it's a 2022 shoe. Yeah, it fell in that dead zone. Or 2021 shoe. And then, so when you've talked about this shoe, you've spent a lot of energy on this shoe. This is one of your favorites. Yeah, definitely. I like it because it's a very fast, like it feels like a race shoe. You know, that narrow. That, like that a dart. shape. Yeah, the shape we talk about. And the Light Strike Pro underneath is like a very nice, it's 33 millimeters, so it's pretty solid. And it just has that... It's okay at slower paces, but it definitely shines when you pick it up. It has that propulsive feel to it. And um, just so light on the foot that yeah. it, it wants you to go. Right, exactly. So I had a good time in the race. Uh, I, again, it was like I'm kind of coming back from running in a way because I took basically a month off after New York. Ran some mileage, but not crazy. And uh, But I was, I've was i been feeling good the last couple weeks. So, you know, I, I did the race and not too bad, like 732 pace, which is for those hills is fine at the end of a long run. For it's me. an aggressive hilly run. Yeah. Will and we... the hills all come at the end. Yeah. Like the first couple of miles, you get some pretty nice downhills so you can cruise. Mm-hmm. And then the last three miles, it's just like, oh, this has got to be the last hill. And then you're and like, you're just climbing back. Oh. Up. Yeah. So, but I, I, I enjoyed the shoe a lot and felt pretty good in it. And so, yeah, I think it's mostly the same as last year's version, just a little bit different upper. Yeah. I pulled out, my eights to bring in today because i thought we were going to shoot the video oh. but um and i was like looking him over and i'm like there's n- i mean it, it's like it's you're om- really not going to notice and it's almost almost seems like a step backwards where like the solutions for the structure on the upper mm-hmm. seem more like like aesthetic un- or less less creative it's just yeah. like a band-aid over yeah. here and there, where before it had that zigzag tape, mm-hmm. they kind of had had a different look. But yeah. it's it's pretty much the same shoe, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the ride and everything's exact same. So that's same rod, same mid. It's a good thing. Yeah, um, but it, but that was a good race, and obviously it was like the faster bastards holiday party afterwards, which was there's a lot of people there. There was. I mean, <laughs> it, it's grown beyond like like it's it's. Um, like there's people that are just Wednesday night people. There's people that are classic people. And I guess it's like believe in the run, believe run clubs kind of like there as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of crossover there. Like they'll run some runs with faster bastards and they run some with just believe run club. Yeah. But those kids are fast, man. We had out of the six podium spots, we had three of them. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. Um, did you guys get to drink the hot liquid afterwards that had booze in it? The hot liquid made it sound weird, but yeah, it was like the hot apple cider. Like it was like mulled cider. I don't know because I didn't get anything from the race mm-hmm. itself, but I know some of the faster bastards brought their own stuff and there was this one jug of. Yeah, that was the mulled cider. It wasn't alcoholic though. Okay. Well. Oh, that wasn't even alcoholic? No. Oh, bummer. Yeah. 
Well, it had like chunks of something in it and Thomas started to pour me one and I was like, nope, do not know what that is. Oh, that would actually entice me more. They said it was chunks of pineapple or something. Yeah, Yeah. even if it wasn't. I will tell you. Mystery saw some in. So I I ran that morning when I I dropped Megan off at Lake Montebello, Mm -hmm. which is part of the Baltimore uh, Marathon course and part of the Baltimore 10 Mile course. And I drop her off there. Yeah, you're going to tell them it was closed off. So, and kind of scary. Yeah. There, it wasn't very well lit and stuff. Uh, yeah. I did, that was my test. So I did three miles there and then left Megan knowing that she was going to finish up tw- 15 miles and, or by the time she got back to the park, it'd be 15 miles. So I got in the car, rolled up. And so I'm like standing, I'm not running. I'm watching you guys at the finish mm-hmm. and I was starting to get really cold. So I didn't want any beverages, alcoholic beverages, unless they were like a warm or hot okay, yeah. beverage. I wasn't, I wasn't in the mood to hold a can, I get it, can I get in it. my hand. So we, we weren't there like for an extended period of time. Yeah. When yeah. I got there, I had coffee with whiskey in it and that was pretty good. See, that's what I wanted nice. after the race. Was that's exactly an underrated that. drink, coffee with whiskey. You don't hear people talk about it too much, but. Thomas yeah. is on a, on a new kick of it. Yeah. <laughs> Nightly. Shit. I got Wait. decaf. Oh, I was going to say, man, <laughs> how's that work? <laughs> Um, are you still on the no booze train? So good. Two weeks and three days. Mm. I feel honestly, good? I feel like that's the longest I've gone in. Like, dude, I don't even know if I've gone longer since than drinking that. age. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel awesome. Feel great. That's good. Um, running, like running wise, I'm like, oh, this is how running should feel, <laughs> <laughs> which is like fairly effortless. <laughs> I mean, and maybe that speaks to uh, how much I was drinking, but mm-hmm. I'm not. So that's good. I've I've been drinking the Athletic Brewing, which they should sponsor us at this point because I'll probably talk about it oh, every week. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's it amazing is. how good it is. That's when I, when we were in um, Austin, I was uh, oh like, right, you know, going back right. and forth, mm-hmm. so I could have the feeling of drinking, and it, I feel like it works. Like it, it tastes, it's, dude, it like scratches the itch for sure. But my problem is I don't love beer. Like if they made, oh, see, if that's... Athletic Brewing made a drink that tasted like a vodka martini, I'm in. Yeah, I don't think they've, I think they're trying, people are trying to do that, but it's not good yet. Yeah. But, hey, gasoline. Are they really? They're trying to make non-alcoholic Yeah, they have like, like, like whiskey that's non-alcoholic. Um, Eric Schulman, he, he, he texted me or was messaging me about it and he's like, it's terrible. Like he, he had a bottle. Um, and... Yeah, but the beer, like, I like beer, so that works perfectly. And it is weird because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm drinking beer. And you're like, wait, I'm not, like, I'm, like, I'm not tired afterwards, <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> hungover in the morning. This is great. It's like everything that you need, nothing you don't. Well, I, our buddy Johnny has been now, I think it's going on a second year or third year. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's doing. And he used to drink beers like nobody's business. Like, yeah. Like, he was one of those guys that got a case and just went through it. And... He's he's been drinking that, and I I think he still drinks quite a bit of it. It's it's still it's an expensive habit. It is because it's like that's. So I was thinking about this the other night. This is what sucks is that there NA beers are good now, but they're just as expensive as normal six packs, and you don't have the option of getting like Keystone Light of NA beer. Mm-mm. Like, <laughs> well, I guess O'Doul's. Yeah, but that's like real shit. You know, like yeah. Keystone at least. Well, I think tastes good. But so anyways, 
Yeah, I actually talked to Johnny about it because uh, I knew like he had done it or whatever forever. So he's been pretty cool about it. So, anyways, so, but I I do feel a lot better. Training's going well. Uh, Coach Casters throwing out his plan for me. not throwing out. I mean, like throwing it to me. <laughs> not like you're a waste no. of my time. Goodbye. And yeah, and I feel I feel pretty good about. It. The only thing I don't I'm not sure of is so he has it like five days on basically, mm-hmm. which is, I feel like it's crazy. I mean, I can move it around if I want, but I've never done five days on two days off. Is that a thing? Have you ever done that? Yeah, no. I, I used to do. So when I was working with Dave, I would do like, um, I had two days off. I think I took a Friday off and maybe so Sunday, both of but, your rest but days it's were back, back to back. He has it back no. to back. So he has it like Friday. And yeah, Sunday. that's, so it's it's Sunday Monday back. But that, you know what's good about that though, that's he's probably letting your body really recover from the runs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and I'm gonna try it this week. Um, so the only thing that sucks is I got a cold yesterday from my kids. Classic. This is a problem with children. It is. It's a spread. big problem. They yeah. are really like if the CDC got a hold of them, he'd be like, put them in a bag. <laughs> I'm about to start build a redneck lousing station in my backyard just to hit like them when every they come day. home from school yeah. and be like it's a tent that they come at least, through at least for the duration of the tokyo training you can't keep doing this i mean that would be smart like if you had a little hand washing station out in the back yeah like, a lie lie shower whatever. exactly like a little misting you still use lie do they do that i don't know i haven't that, been to prison in a while that's what they use in prison right <laughs> know, you just throw a big a bag on them yeah throw it on you um what do you what are your thoughts on the emergency tablets and those things the the vitamin c things that you do. oh emergencies emergencies um, i thought you were talking about something crazy like they had like this emergency tablet i got you right on in case i mean of, yeah i don't think you need that like we, paper. it's we, just a bunch of vitamin it's honestly it's marketing those things that's what i was thinking like, what we do is we take a vitamin c in the morning and i take a vitamin d both those are good for do you know what you do with all the extra vitamin C that you take in? I was actually just going to ask that. You pee, pee it, out. it out. Really? Yeah. That's, does it make you pee more or does it just you mm-hmm. pee it out? Well, it depends how much you're drinking. Oh, yeah. But the vitamin C isn't going to make you pee yeah. more. Man, I drank like, I pounded a whole glass of that this morning and I threw some up. Ew. What? It was like didn't sit well. I just <laughs> couldn't help it. I don't Sorry. know about that. <laughs> it's a casual vomit story. So maybe I won't drink do that anymore. Yeah, like how fast did you drink it? I mean, pretty fast. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's so many so things. you're a child. <laughs> so many things that we're doing nowadays that do have vitamins in them. And if you just take a, like, the g- vitamin C chewies, the gummies. Yeah. They're so cheap, and they it's like a little treat. You throw I it take in. a multivitamin. That seems like to have And actually, a lot. vitamin D is more important for the cold flu stuff. I take that, too. Okay. Every day. Well, then you're set. You don't yeah. need an emergency. It's probably why your body was thrown up. It's like, what yeah. is this trash? I am glad I'm not drinking right now, though, because that probably helps. To Definitely. Not, to, to maybe get me better quicker. When I was younger, when I used to smoke and drink all the time. Like, You'd be sick all the time? Yeah, but also I would convince myself that the smoke... Well, it killed the bad <laughs> cells. Wow. And that same thing with alcohol. And I think that was just probably wasn't true. I like that you convinced yourself of that, though. I mean, I tried. Yeah. I will tell you that uh, it's not the craziest thing I've heard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, an Arnicare. Arnica. Guys, it works. Arnicadabra. Yeah. Like, you can, you can hate on it, but. Well, mm. if I, what if I told you that smoking uh smoked out the bad cells 
I mean, maybe no, it does. Work. It, okay. Like the COVID can't breathe through the smoke <laughs> and it kills them. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know. No, I don't think that works. Yeah. I will tell you something that's weird, though. Megan and I like Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. You're the, a big fan. show. Yeah. What is Jeopardy? Nerds. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, Real we, quick, time out. Yeah, that Ken. Got, he's the official host now. Ken, uh, I, I think the. I think he is official now. Oh, they got rid of Malala. Well, he's like the, been on it for so long. I just want to call her. Who is the Blossom? Yeah. Oh. Blossom and him switch in and out, so they're like the two different hosts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but they've no. They, he was named it oh, as of July good for twenty-two. Him. Good for him. July twenty-two. Yeah, that's a feather in the cap. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't really vibing with her. Yeah, yeah, me neither. She was not as good as him. No. I mean, he's the ultimate champion, right? Yeah. yeah. He deserves it. And he just, he kind of has, he has the Trebek vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would actually be cool if it was in the written agreement for Jeopardy that if you become the winningest winner of all time, you just you automatically, he goes out. Yeah, but think of, the, think of the garbage that you could get I mean, that. It, it get turned weird. out he's a nice guy that has some stage presence. Um, the, the thing is, though, uh, about a week ago, we noticed that they had a pigeon question. Mm. Oh, this is last week, a pigeon question? Yeah. And then last night, we're watching, and they had a whole category called birds are real. Are real. Yeah. That was, I, that was false. I feel like the government is paying <laughs> Jeopardy. You know how they do placements? Do like CIA, like PSYOPs stuff? Yeah, they're like, hey, this is getting out of hand. People are starting to figure out that we're spying on them with pigeons. We need to have Jeopardy. I mean, corporate media. I know. Like, think about it. They've done this in the past when they've wanted to manipulate the masses. Man, now you're... I didn't even think about it from that angle, but now that you say it, it's not that surreal to me. What is the truth for 200? And and then it's all bird propaganda because they're just asking questions (laughs) or what? Not asking questions, putting answers. Baltimore Orioles is one of the answers. It was. Okay, and they're really trying to get us I think they're targeting me. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) So... Here's the thing. They also brought up storks. Huh. And they said something about storks bringing babies. Oh. We all know that that's not true, but they want you to believe. Well, it, those what it babies. does is it glamorizes them. It does. It makes you want to like them. Like, oh, that's not so bad one of those moved into my neighborhood. Do you know those birds can't sing? They don't storks ha- can't sing? They don't have the chip. How do they communicate? <laughs> they don't have a larynx or something. Yeah, I don't know about... Birds that can't communicate. That doesn't sound right. Right. It, what's that whole bullshit about bird songs? Oh, man, this is messing with It's kind of like penguins. Oh, they can't fly? Dude, you messed with me the first time you brought up the bird thing, and now this is another layer on top of that. It is. Thank Dude, you. I saw a dead pigeon today on the way to... Did you oh, retrieve no. its camera? No. Yeah. <laughs> what are you sad about? That? Inanimate objects getting destroyed? <laughs> It's it definitely wasn't alive though, or the battery was dead. Do you think when the battery dies, its eyes glaze over? Because that's what happened to this one. Well, maybe you know it could be the camera lens just need a little dusting. Okay, yeah. I didn't notice actual visible injury to it, so it probably was one of those electromagnetic uh, occurrences. All right. Yeah. Speaking of which, I heard in Northern California, did you hear about the 6.4 yeah, or big earthquake. earthquake? To when? Today? No, like yesterday, right? Was that yeah. yesterday? It I don't was know a flock are. of birds that caused it. Wait, no. Yeah, they flew over the San Andreas. Obviously and, not. Oh. 
Start shaking. It sounds like up. like the butterfly effect. I mean, if a butterfly can cause it, why can't a flock of birds cause it? That's the truth. Anyway, okay, yeah, so, so that's a lot to think about. It for is next something week. to think about. People were, I think, were a little, were a little mad because last week we didn't talk about the bird conspiracy. So this should, that should fill it up. I mean, you kind of covered two topics there because we did have a little bit of Robbie Raccoon in there that you found a non-working spy device. Oh. I thought you were talking about that beer that we found yesterday, and I was so mad oh. about it. Can you tell people about that? Yeah, we were. Walking. Wait, let's. We need to have a p- post a poll for this in our our social media. Oh, okay. Okay, so tell them what the set up the scenario. We were walking to. Sounds this could only happen in twenty twenty two, the local tackle shop, a fishing tackle shop. Tockerman's. Tockerman's, great place. Because uh, you were trying to send something via ups through there right we thought that two that sounds of the like bags, something a harry potter thing or you had to fly in a flu yeah who told network. you that this was a okay thing? well first up we had two orders for the sweatshirt that sold out one was going to the uk and one was going to australia mm-hmm. when i talked to brandon he's like those don't go to the post office they need to go to ups turns out they needed to go to the post office <laughs> but we walked over to talkman's because they're a ups drop-off uh-huh and so we're walking, and it, we saw a a bottle of Modelo, especially full bottle. The tin foil was over the cap. Yeah, there was it. This was about as sanitary as a bottle laying in the like on the sidewalk, be. uh, in the street, touching the curb, like rolled up against it or it's, whatever. It's called the gutter. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, where the, all the refuse is, <laughs> including myself. Um and. I did actually saw it coming into work, and I was already primed to be mad about it. And the temperature was about thirty six degrees out, so it would be nice and chilled. And I, I and I, a I couldn't believe that there was a bottle there, a gift, a gift of the Magi, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all in one bottle, right there, unopened. Nobody had been taken it. A I don't know how a bottle on the street is intact still. Yeah. Have right. you ever seen a, a full bottle in Baltimore? No. I don't know. They're all broken. And I was just, I expressed my disappointment. Okay. What are you disappointed First question about? is. That, I, that I'm not drinking right now. That's, yeah. Oh. So first question is, if you saw a perfectly pristine, and this bottle looked pristine, didn't, the tinfoil was over the cap, it was the Modelo, the label was intact, it wasn't like, yeah. it looked like brand new Modelo gently placed in the <laughs> yeah. curb. If you're listening to this right now, let us know, would you drink a Modelo out of the gutter? Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know what I, the answer is going to be. I know what it should be, though. Did you take it to save it for later? See, that was the thing. Like, <laughs> Robbie, the, I felt like this was a temptation trick. It was like, it's everything that Robbie loves. It's a free item <laughs> literally, in the street. Literally my favorite summer beer. Yeah. In the street. If, the only thing that could have been better if there was a, a whole lime, uncut lime sitting next to it. And and a, that would have pushed you over the edge, maybe. And um, a, and a tortilla with some. <laughs> yeah, even so, if, you know, even if that wasn't. So you looked at it and walked by. I did, but it was just so annoying to me because I don't recall another point in my life. I found other full cans and stuff, but not a Modelo. And um, so we bottle. over there. I pointed it out, and Robbie was like, "Yeah, I saw that this morning." Yeah. <laughs> and anyways, I was just mad about it, and th- this stuff keeps happening to me because last weekend. 
one of my neighbors is moving and she was like, yeah, come over. We're going to have some people over Friday night. I have all this liquor I need to get rid of and drink and you guys can have whatever's not left. And I was like, Dude. okay, wait, I wanted to ask you about this. Is Kimmy not drinking with you? No, she's still, she still drinks, but she doesn't drink that much. Okay. But I just drinks. feel like that would make it much harder. Yeah, she's chilling on the couch having a glass of wine and yeah, you're like, mm. not really. It honestly hasn't been hard, which is the weird thing. So, um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder, but just that Modelo in the street that really, well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like tempting. It was just an annoying to me because <laughs> I'm like, life's just handing you what's the opposite of lemons cake. I don't know. Limes. Yeah. How is the opposite Limes. of lemons cake? I don't know. It's stinking sweet. <laughs> okay. Ice, ice cream. Life's handing me ice cream sundays and they're just sitting in the street and I can't, you know, put the sprinkles on. Yeah. It was, it was, I did a tear dropped. None of us picked up the bottle. We left it there because. Oh, it was it gone could, this morning. Though. I was going to say it should have been someone else's treasure. It was because yeah. I checked this morning. It was gone. But so, that's the kind of stuff that's going on around here. It is. I, if you live in the city, like I understand that the city will provide. It is crazy. That's one of those blessings and a curse type things where Baltimore, it prov- provides a lot of junk, but it, it provides the opportunity for treasure. If yeah. you look, if you're looking. Yeah, you're out in the suburbs, you're not finding it. Nobody's just wandering mm-hmm. around dropping modellos out there. No. What's another clean city? J- Tokyo? You know you're not finding anything cool there. Well, yeah, you are. It's just going to all be behind like uh, vending machines and stores. and You got to really look. I don't know if I have time for that. So one thing I did learn is that every city in Japan has kind of a J- Japanese mascot. Oh, really? That's cool. So like when you go to different cities, like the... Unaffiliated with a sports team? just Yeah, to, just it's the city's oh, mascot. Okay. So like you, they have merchandise and cups and shirts and all that stuff with their city mascot. That could get expensive. On it, right. Okay, like, name some of them. Do you know them? I don't know their names, oh. but you could look it Are up. Are they like animals? I, I'm guessing they could be all sorts of things. Yeah, have you ever seen... <sighs> I need to Some save characters. up. Yeah. I feel like I'm a sucker for that type of thing. I, w- I am too. And I learned how to say I want to buy local goods, which oh. would include that. Okay. Do you know how to say it right now? Yeah. I, I have. I, I It's um, Nanika. Nanika. Gudsa is the goods. Uh, I, I mean, that works me for me. I me, believe it. Let me see if I can pull it up. You could have said anything at that point. I would have said you're probably right. Yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, you continue. I'll, I'll yeah, I think it. the thing that whenever there's little things like pins, um, uh-huh. I feel like after World Athletics, when we got all this Asics pins. I've really been into the pin thing. Did you do anything with your pins? Oh, I did. You know what I did? What? I got a shadow box. One of those, you know, those box, they're called shadow boxes. They're like frames that are oh, recessed. Yeah. yeah. And I put them all in one of those and it's sitting. So you're not going to like trade them? Uh, no, I don't want to please get a vest and put it all on them and then walk through places and trade them with people. Uh, yeah, I can definitely do that. So one thing you're going to have to learn to say when you're in Japan is Nami, Nomi Masen. Uh, Nomi Masen. Mm-hmm. What's that? Okay. I'm not going to drink. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll skip that one. Yeah. But I, the pin thing. Yeah. So the Asics collection was, it was like a set. So yeah. I wanted to have all of them and, you know, put them in a thing. So I probably won't trade those, but I have some other ones that I've kind of... Mine are still in a bag in my desk. 
Oh, okay. I'll so just steal yours then. You can have them. Oh, also, wow. this is what some of the mascots what if, Wait, nice, what do you mean you can have them? A nice person. What if I wanted them? Well, that's a lot of... That looks like a... Is that a claw game where you just pick them all up? Or is that just those a are, collection? Those are like human size mascots. What? What? Oh, I thought that was... Uh, no, these like are a, these are people. Arcade. These are no humans. Way. That's, there's no way that's... Oh, you're right. They are. Are those children? What are they? So their mascots are. We'll show like, the picture on the um, YouTube versions. Yeah. Can you bookmark that? So? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they look cute as hell. They basically look like a bunch of Pokemon. The, the title of this was 16 Cutest Japanese Mascots You Have to See. Okay. Are so they the cutest? Send me that link. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty cute. Yeah. I mean, if it's anything like Pokemon, you can't go wrong there. Right. What's your favorite Pokemon, Meg? Uh, I don't know their names. Okay. I'm not that into Pokemon. Charizard. You. It just stop me when you hear one. Jigglypuff. <laughs> That's uh, I, I, I just like that name. I'm going, that I one. thought you would like <laughs> yeah. that one. I'm going to go with um, the Pikachu or Squirtle. Yeah, Squirtle's a cool one. Yeah. What's the one that sleeps? Oh, uh, Snorlax. 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 Yeah. Naneka Kamemasu. Say that again. Nanika Kamemasu. Man, that sounds... I think that I'm saying it right. That soothes my soul. No, Nanika Kaimas. I don't have to do the suit at the end. Okay. Nanika Kaimas. That means I'm going to buy something. Yeah. See, everyone listening thought they were going to have to get a Babel subscription for Christmas, but no, you're good. I'll, I'll take them. Thomas is here. I am a Babel. Should your check-ins just be teaching Japanese now? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. I would love that. Um, I'm trying to find the local goods. Well, um, I guess we should, uh, Thomas might be lost for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. yeah I love this. We shit. should just move he on. He was here and then he was gone. Now he's in Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just looking up Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy my kids Pokemon cards the other day. They still into that? I still don't understand. We used to have a ton of them. Yeah. I don't understand the concept of Pokemon because it just seems that they just make more and more cards so you can buy more and more cards. But For no, sure. But no one actually plays the game. It's just getting more cards. Yeah. I guess it's like baseball cards. I mean, players change every season, so. Yeah. Not, but. I think it's brilliant. I mean, you've got a franchise. It's kind of like Disney. you got to keep pumping out, you know, characters and Doing that stuff. And that's the beauty of the Pokemon stuff. It's like, oh, you've seen a turtle. Let me add a flower to the back of the turtle. Now it's a squirtle. Well, it squirts water, right? I mean, that's its that, action. Yeah. But if you want one that did sand. That's one of the things that hangups I have about some of those names is that it's not that creative. Squirtle's a good name, but it just combines two of the things about it. But do you think that's an American thing? No, because... Uh, J.K. Rowling does that with Harry Potter stuff too. She, it's like not that creative. No, but I'm saying if you were in Japan, I don't. Do you, I think Pikachu would be Pikachu, but do you think Squirtle is still Squirtle? And over there, that'd be really creative because you'd be like, they don't know what a turtle is or a squirt. I guess we're gonna find out. I don't. I know. I think that's. You mean like you think they have a different name for it? I don't know. We'll yeah. figure that out. Well, that's one of the probably most important things we'll have to talk about. Uh, is it? Is that what our focus is now? Dude, I, I'm I'm bringing an extra two bags when we go to Japan just to buy stuff. souvenirs. Yeah, I'm going to get some stuff for the kids. All the mascots. It definitely, if I see a weird fashion, going to do that. Especially if it's English, but written like 
but from someone who doesn't understand English that well, those shirts. Yeah. And then I'll get some probably Japanese ones, and I won't understand it as well. <laughs> so it's probably so walking around with something stupid. Probably says I'm, like, I'm an asshole or yeah, something. Yeah, I would do that. I don't <laughs> sell <think> those. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anything else going on in the running scene? There was a there was something that was pretty hot that I saw, but I can't even remember what it was. And people love it when I bring that stuff up. But uh, Topo Athletic got sold off. That's crazy. Yeah. To what DSW or whatever? Well, or the, they own DSW. DSW. They also own Reebok. My the the crazy thing is, like, they said that our our guy Tony Post is still mm-hmm. going to stay the CEO. Just gonna I'm buy, guess, maybe buy a new boat though. Maybe I'm guessing all those guys will stay there for right now. I can't imagine they're going to shake things up too much. But I have to say, I know that Ultra fans don't love it that they got picked up by VF. Yeah. But I sure do. I, I like the direction Ultra is going, and I like some of the new, I mean, the look, the colors. I mean, dude, they, if you're bought by a company that's beholden to investors, things, things are going to change. Yeah. like. But I'm also, I think I think it would be nice to see sort of an evolution of Topo. I think they're there, but like with an influx of cash, they might be able to get new materials in the shoes. Yeah, because they do have a hard time sourcing some stuff. I know that just because, yeah. you know, they're a small company and they, and I think some of their designs could use some improvement. The qualities, I feel like, has always been great. Um, and construction and build and like the thoughtfulness behind it for sure. But maybe, uh, yeah, you're right. Just It's just an extra hand in the process. Mm-hmm. Maybe would help. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the quality of Ultra shoes has definitely gone up since VF came in. Uh, I remember getting shoes where we'd have problems with the laminations and stuff like that. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be happening anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what else, Meg? I thought you were looking something up. Uh, I was just checking to see if there's anything fun to talk about, but um, not really. Really? Man, what a week. It's Christmas week. I feel like and every, Hanukkah week. everything is sort of... Like, not buzzing right now. I know. You know it's I mean? a week before Christmas. Yeah. The it's whole West quiet. Coast is taking off. Yeah. Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, those people take off, like, from October to January or March or whatever. They really do. Colorado is interesting. Yeah. But, yeah. What are we going to do? I guess that wraps up. We should just go into the Sharon Lochetti interview, which I think people will enjoy. We certainly enjoyed having her. She was a fantastic guest. We had her in studio, so you're probably going to get video of this as well. Yeah. Robbie we didn't read any epiphany. reviews this week. Oh, let's read some reviews. And we had a new review come up. I saw it. Oh, oh was excellent. it a good one? Uh, yeah. Or a trash one? No, I kind of love the bad ones, to be honest. Yeah, someone leave, leave a bad review, but leave the stars good. Leave like yeah. five stars. Five stars. Yeah. Or mediocre review. Balance it out. We're open to criticism. Okay, it says, this is Noen Robbie. What? That's that, what the name is. That's not me. N-O-I-I-N-R-O-B-B-E. Dude, it's, someone's... Oh, all right, hold on a second. All right, second. so what does this it say? A, someone steal my identity? Probably. Dude, I don't know about what, that. What's I don't the know re- if we, I even want to give that person I, fame. What's the review? I mean, Robbie did know there was a new review, and here we are talking about it. So. I can't remember what I wrote, Five so stars. read back. Okay, it's a super blast to my running. I came across Believe in the Run last summer when I was looking for reviews for a pair of shoes I had already ordered online for my 10-mile race this past fall, Magic Speed V1. 
While their honest review wasn't great for the shoe, except for Robbie, I was plunged into the vast expanse that is the running shoe review world. My knowledge and love for running has grown 1,000%, and I look forward every Friday morning to new running content, as well as the real-life stories of dodging cans, blowing up in races, and other nonsense that runners go through. Smiley face. Yeah, when he said cans, I didn't know if he meant butts or... No, no I think he means the soup, the soup can from the Faster oh, yeah. Bastards. I, I actually did forget about that. Yeah. Yeah, people throwing soup cans. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't get hit with a suitcase. I was actually confused about that, though, because he said it's made it seem like I gave the Magic Speed a... Oh, the Magic Speed 1. I did actually like that one. Yeah, you were the one. I ran in the Super Blast today. It's good, good shoe, shoe, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I went to... But I hadn't run it in a while. So Have you run in the Secret Shoe? No, not yet. So... I love the Secret Shoe. It's I've a just, good one. I forgot to take it home. I basically. also love the Super Blast. The Super Blast, I switched up. Um, so uh, I recorded, like top shoes of the year for another YouTube guy. And um, I just went over mine and I said, I'm going to pull this one out because I wasn't sure about it. It came out late by the time we were getting ours ready. But Super Blast, I think, is definitely one of my top shoes of the year. I gave it my daily trainer because I think it's good for everything. Yeah, we didn't put it on any of our best of. Well, we kind it of, it we came kind out of, well, right. as we were publishing. We got it. And we didn't have a great first impression. Like it, right. it was not a love at first sight for that shoe. I think we are all expecting spongier, bouncier. Right. Yeah. But it's just, it's like a better Nova Blast. Yeah. That's a scary thing is I love the Nova Blast 3, but it is a, a, like, if I'm healthy and I can do my grip miles for January, majority of them are going to be oh, in yeah. that. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that, that was fun. But anyways, I Did do you have to order your that. ASICs clothing for. No, I keep, well, I, I, I didn't do it because I knew Mac was, uh, well, Brian's there. Was on vacation. Oh, I just <laughs> that he's the only person. I love. I got so many nice little jackets and stuff for that. I gotta do that. I can't wait. Basics I need more long legit sleeve, but nice clothing. That one long sleeve thing I got is amazing. It's yeah, like their stuff's se- pretty seamless. Their stuff's pretty good quality. Um, they just need to revamp their website because it looks like well, it's hard to years old. It's hard to shop on. Yeah, yeah. But, but the the seamless shirt I got that kind of goes from black to almost like white it's like gray mm-hmm. that go like from the top to the bottom that thing i i love it's thin but it's warm it's one piece no seams nice. do you just have an itch on your face and yeah. your hand was on the other side of the mic oh, wow. yeah. okay that was acrobatic yeah it was like when you get a wine glass and you do that oh yeah loop through i can never figure that out it's, what, it's what lovers do when they're drinking wine you can figure it out it's always well i feel like if you're a couple drinks in it's impossible to figure that out it's like a it's like one of those um, optical illusions or whatever. I'm not, like, see how your arm is right now? Yeah. You guys should do Say it. Say that we hooked arms. Like, yeah. if I hooked your arm. See, I'm, I'm uh, sober uh, right now. Yeah. I couldn't figure it out. I was, we'll do it with some athletic brews and <laughs> get back to you. Yeah, I'm into it. Then can we send that to them as a pitch? I would like to. Okay. Why do people even do that, though? Hook arms and drink. It, it looks, it, at one point, like you said, somebody was probably like, whoa, what is this magic? And then somebody else was like, watch this they're like wow how are they doing that yeah and then it's just become that i'm thing. pretty sure it was just someone drunk was like uh i feel like that's one of those things when you're 21 you think it's really funny to do yeah. and then when, when you're older everyone's like you can stop that's now. the thing it happened before tiktok so you couldn't <laughs> like it you know if tiktok had come in they'd be like watch this and it'd be two people drinking like that and you'd be like whoa and it would have been a trend but it happened back probably in the same time where there was people dueling with one ball yeah. pistols you know what's crazy to me? And this is the last thing, and but it's has to do with Christmas. 
You know songs like Jingle Bells, Batman Smells? It's crazy to me that kids will still somehow know that song, and they don't learn it from YouTube or TikTok or whatever. They just know it. It's like you're born knowing those songs that you learn in elementary school. Yeah. How does that? That's crazy, right? Like, because it just carries on through time. Those. Well, what's even more weird is I think that when we were kids, you watched Batman on cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah. Where, where are your kids getting Batman? Right. I mean, I they don't even really watch Batman, I don't think. I mean, they've seen... My kid does read Batman comic books. I does. But, but they knew that song when they were four. I'll tell you, Henry asked for Christmas for a Ninja Turtle comic book. We are we are only able to get one out of the six series, right? There's six books. It, it sold out. Yeah, it's out of out of print or something. Man, talk about a franchise. Hmm. Anyways, all right. So, I guess that's good. That's yeah. it for now. Enjoy a uh, very cold and wet Sharon Lachetti interview. Uh, she's great. You're going to learn a lot. Sorry for leaving the back door open during that interview. Uh, you know, oh. we're in we're in here interviewing. It just keeps getting colder and colder. But what had happened was we had a heating lamp that we had left the gas on, so the building kind of filled up with gas. So it wasn't our it wasn't either of our faults. Yeah, and so the back door got open. So, but we don't know it, and it just keeps getting colder and colder in this room. And at some point, we're like, it's, I'm like, I got to end this because I'm freezing to death. My feet were so cold, and but. You're not going to hear it in the interview. What if I didn't come back that day and you guys were just sitting in here with that gas leaking? Oh, dude. Robbie would have lit up his smoke. Been, well, that would have been passed out. That Under Armour person working downstairs, she would have been the canary in the coal yeah. mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is that girl dead? Yeah. <laughs> because she was just hanging out in that vapor. Like, for real, that was smacking her. What right. would have been amazing if she had, like, a vape pen or something and she, like, <laughs> lit up? <laughs> dude, that... It, I, yeah, it might have exploded some stuff. Yeah, it like, would have been cool. Anyways, wow. I'm, I'm shocked we didn't get at least some sort of poisoning from that. Yeah. Well, we're here. We're live. Yeah. Enjoy the interview. <laughs> All right. So this week, I'm going to talk about listening to your body. Because that's what I'm having to do. And you get to ride along with me. So obviously, last thing I want to do is slowing things down. I've really been enjoying the feeling of achievement, training, and running these races. And the last thing I wanted to do was take a break. But I'm as I get more experience running, I know that sometimes you just have to shut things down. So if you're not feeling well and you got that pain that just doesn't seem to go away or gets aggravated when you run, maybe it's time to take a little break, rest up during the holidays, and hit 2023 hard, especially if you're going in for the grit. All right, Megan, I love that today's podcast is going really well, but we got to take a break here to talk about a sponsor. Who's sponsoring this one today? This podcast is sponsored by Ortholite. Ortholite has partnered with over 400 footwear brands to provide innovative solutions that elevate comfort and performance underfoot for over 25 years. I mean, 400 plus 25 years, they're throwing out some big numbers there. I mean, I'm surprised that there's anything but Ortholite insoles and shoes these days with those kind of numbers. It's the brand that brands trust, and I like it when I find them inside of the shoes that we're testing when they come from the factory, makes a big difference. What's in your shoes? 
All right, so we are finally here with Sharon Lochetti and Stephen Haas, her coach. And we're going to bring in John later, who's actually one of the designers for the Velocity Flow Elite. And so we'll talk about that shoe, but we're going to really try to focus on some of Sharon's running and find out how do you win the New York City Marathon? <laughs> so first of all, when did you guys meet and how did that uh, partnership come to be? Uh, yeah, I met Sharon when she was still in college. Um, I was I represent and coach her fiance, Ed Cheswick. And so um, she came out to Flagstaff a couple times her junior year and senior year of college. And yeah, got to know her. And then um, obviously when she came out of school, we, we were kind of starting Dark Sky at the time and really wanted her to be part of it. You brought up a good thing, though, that we want to talk about. Edward Cheserick. Yes. They call him the King Cheserick. <laughs> He's your fiance. Yes. When you get married, are you now Queen Cheserick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'll still be Sharon. Um, I still don't know the name part, but um, yeah. It would be nice to the little people, though, like the non-royalty. <laughs> non no, yeah, but, I mean, most people call me queen, so yeah, I... She yeah, she has the throne already. Right. I'll still be there, but, you know, I don't think it'll be officially, uh, but, yeah. Awesome. I had to get that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when did the marathon become an idea for you? Like, when were you ready to jump to that distance? It was like uh, early this year um, in the spring. Uh, we did a couple halves and um, it, they went well. And um, later in the summer, we started talking about maybe doing a marathon. And uh, we just, it was just the either, either we wanted it to be like a faster one or like an easy one or just the one just, just going, you know, just race. So, yeah. So as a coach, you're taking someone who hasn't done a marathon before and you're building up distance. Is it tough to, like, you know how when you see kids take off on a playground, they go <laughs> super fast right out the gate? Did you have to, you know, tell her, hey, we got to do this, or did it come naturally? No, I think it came pretty natural. Um, I think she knew she was ready to uh, to move up in distance by the time we got there. Now, granted, this was a progression over the last, like, three years. You know, it wasn't... Um, it, just wasn't on a whim you know it's built up mileage over the last couple of years build up race distance um workout volume things like that so yeah ultimately i think we both knew for a long time that the the marathon was going to be in the you know in the cards relatively soon um i just think it the event area fits her strengths really well um thought she was going to be very good at it and and yeah it, it came probably sooner than than we both probably expected but um once with once those halves went really well, we sort of knew she was ready for it. So, yeah. yeah, coming out of the gate and winning your first marathon, which was the New York City Marathon, like is the marathon distance now your favorite distance? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I don't know. I'll do a couple, yeah, uh, you know, two or three more, and then I'll answer that. But yeah, I I'm beginning to really really like it, and uh, even just talking about training, it just gets me excited. So. Um, yeah, I guess we're getting there. <laughs> well, speaking of training, should we go through some of like what led up to New York? Yeah, but I have a quick question because you said an easy, fun one for your first marathon. <laughs> and then you chose New York City, which I would not call easy. And it happened to be a really hot day. How it wasn't did, a fun day. Yeah. How did how did you choose New York? I 
yeah, so we, we had a couple different options. Yeah. I, I think the, the New York half was like one of the big indicators. Um, okay. And we ran the, the Honolulu half right, right after, a couple weeks after. And um, though both the courses are pretty challenging courses. They're not like fast time trial type courses. And um, the races weren't set up for like pacers or anything like that. So um, I, I just felt like uh, a race that wasn't trying to be a time trial type race was going to be good. You know, go out, uh, let your race instincts take over and, and be competitive within the race. And, and that was sort of an important part of the decision making. Let's find a marathon that that was going to be the setup. And um, just because, yeah, the, the Hillier courses went so well for both of those halves, um, we just felt like it, it made a lot of sense. And Sharon's had a great relationship with New York Roadrunners as well um, over the last couple of years, done a lot of their events, um, the Mini 10K, um, the New York Half, other events they've had, um, you know, road races they've done. And, um, yeah, good relationship there. So they, they really wanted her to come. Well, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that the pros, when they're picking out the races, they have something else to consider. Yeah. yeah. There's a payday. Yeah. There is a, like, just showing up, you get a payday. Yeah. And then you also potentially have prize money. So in the realm of things, does that play a big role in picking a race? Uh, yeah, but, but for me, this was like my first big marathon. So I just wanted to be You're the nervous. biggest one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted me to, to just throw myself in there and just, you know, get the experience of the marathon and just enjoy, you know, and have fun while doing it. And, um, yeah, we just was like, e New York is going to be a great one. Um, I had a friend, I mean, Emily Duggan, we, she also was, like, getting into the marathon. So we just kept, like, started talking to each other, like, which one do you, which one should we do? And we kept bringing it to us, and, you know. <laughs> and it just was, like, a really, just, like, we got excited before we started, like, really training for it. And I think that helped, uh, just knowing that you really want to do it. Um, so, yeah. So your preference, given a flat, fast course or something hilly, you're you're opting for the hilly. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that I will never understand. <laughs> I think at some point, yeah. yeah, that'll be yeah. At some point, we'll definitely do a fast, yeah. you know, flat one. Yeah. I just think for the first one, um, it made more sense to kind of go with a more challenging course um, and not necessarily a, a time trial type race. Okay. Yeah. And I, th I think it would have also been like stressful just thinking about, oh, I'm going to get time, you know, I'm going sure. for the time. So we just didn't want to be in that position where we're like, yeah, it would, having the first one, we just want to go out and be like, oh, I have to run this time, you know. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to be smooth into it. Um, so what was the thought process going into it? Like, what was the goal? Um, to win? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Uh, but it was just somewhere in there. I just wanted to be. I, I know I kept that. I kept. I kept telling my mom like, you know, if or my fiance, and I'm like, if I am just in the top five or top three. I even told him I was like, if I'm in there, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you know, I just. It was like one of those that, but with like training, with the way we kept training, and I'm like, oh, you know, it, it's the, my training is kicking in. It, it's coming in so well. I'm healthy. I'm everything. So. Um, I just knew it's going to be a good one. I just did not know if it was going to be that that good. So. Well, let's get to the day then, because that makes you wonder. And I know Megan's probably wondering. At some point during the race, you start to go, okay, I'm up front. <laughs> and uh, these other ladies aren't so good. Maybe it's time for me to win a marathon. Like, at what point in the race did you feel like 
it was a race and that you maybe had not just the potential to podium or to be top three or top five, but to actually take it? There was a stretch, I think, from after our last water station. Um, it just kept going and going, and we just kept climbing. And But at that time, we, were, we had already been dropped. So before we get to the water station, we were a little bit behind. And then we did caught up with them. And after that, the girl I was with just went ahead. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to follow her because, I mean, <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, and so we kept going, and almost we were almost to the park. And it was now three of us. And I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> it's happening. Oh, But then I also thought, uh-oh, we're getting into the park. This is the hardest part of the race, you know. Um, so we just, I just, I was, I just kept trying to, like, stay calm and just follow them and just, you know, pay attention um, and be aware of where, when the moves are being made or anything like that. And we just kept going like that. And then all of a sudden I see uh, the other girl drop. And I'm like, oh, now it's two of us. So it, it just kept getting interesting and interesting. And I'm like, I just kept surprising myself. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I think it was like 39 or 40. And uh, I could like, I could tell, I could tell she was like starting to breathe and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here it is. Um, yeah. And, I actually miscalculated it. I don't know if I told you this, but we kept going. And I'm like, I looked at my watch. I'm like, oh, I think we're getting close. But, <laughs> you know, it's like with the satellite and everything, sometimes it, it's not correct. So, and I didn't see the banners for uh, what distance we have. And I knew once you get out of the park, I knew you, it, it's not that long. And then you, you're to the finish line. So I'm like, ah, we're close. Oh, we get to the Columbus Avenue and I see the stretch and I'm like, Jesus, what? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe went out a little too yeah, early. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kept telling myself. And But then I was like, I'm here anyway, so what, I should just fight for it. And uh, I, at some point, I just found myself looking back and yeah, <laughs> I was so nervous. And I, I could, I, I could tell, like, I was tired at that point. I was feeling so good, but I was like, Maybe I just started a little bit too early. But then I was like, I'm not going to leave it to, you know, I see myself. This is a chance that I never get and I'm not going to let it go that way. So, yeah, I just took it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, yeah. one thing that uh, people who are out longer on the course, like myself, we get Most a lot of, of time to think. Yeah. So you, it sounds like when you were racing, you were checking the competition, following, staying with it. And kind of that was on your mind. Obviously, Stephen gave you some, you know, coaching tips. What are some of the things that you're thinking about when you're not thinking about just matching a pace or making a move or, or combating a move from another runner? What are the things that are going through your mind in that short period of time? I mean, uh, most of the time, you're just trying to talk yourself out of all the negative thoughts that come to your mind. And um, I and I just was like trying, but you know it's like it, it's New York, it's loud, everybody's excited, and you know you're you you're running and you're like oh you know I see something and <laughs> it just and you're like oh you have to focus you know <laughs> oh but it's just like just thinking you're like okay what am I going to get out of this you know all those things you're like picturing yourself where you'll be at the end and picturing all the things and you're thinking about all your training and all that stuff it's yeah it's just so much so many things going on through your mind but you just have to like make sure you're bringing in you know the con like the, the 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 focus the thoughts of like positive thoughts because 
it's marathon as you said it's like there's a lot of things going in your own in your mind and your body as well because sometimes you feel good sometimes you're feeling oh you know <laughs> <Uh-oh>, <laughs> yeah how i mostly feel um. uh, Second check-in, definitely you're going to push yourself during grit. You're going to be out there and you're going to be trying to get those miles. You got to be careful. You got to make sure that you're not overextending yourself. You know, it's great to achieve your goals, but at the same time, you want to take care of your body and make sure that you have a great year of running. So just make sure that you're not pushing it too much. Check in with yourself. Make sure that you're getting those recovery, getting the sleep, getting the hydration. Don't get yourself injured. Is there anything that uh, Stephen said to you that, like, while you're out in the course, like, you kept bringing back up into your head, like, as far as, you know, racing it? Before, I mean, before we left, I was so nervous. And I'm like, why did I say <laughs> You know, we're just standing there and it's like, you know, just believe in yourself. Trust in your training. You, you're so strong. Just go out and have fun and enjoy and just do your you know run your race um and i think that was just knowing that like i had that in my mind uh knowing just like how like i had so much support and you know the team and everybody i trained with in kenya here my family my coaches like everybody was there to support and cheer and excited everybody's so excited about uh the debut and i was as well so it was just like putting my mind uh to it and just you know Go for it. <laughs> we forgot to mention, not only did she beat all the women at the marathon, your fiance's never run a marathon. So no. technically, <laughs> you've beaten him in the marathon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, nah. she beat him on the course that day. He was actually in the lead vehicle. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was so, in the lead vehicle following them in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I finished before he was there. So, <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure he heard it on the radio and got pretty he, excited. He almost fell off the uh, lead vehicle, I heard. He yeah. was watching on yeah, his phone. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they rushed him to the finish. So that yeah. was cool. All right. Yeah. I was giving him a hard time. I'm like, yeah, so you're in New York, but you're not really going to see my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, he, he's been very supportive of me and my training and everything. And I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. That's great. Yeah. So not only is New York City a very challenging course on its own, but the day we got was rather warm. Um, did you guys adjust the plan based on the weather or were you prepared? Like, did you do heat training or what did you do in the lead up to, I mean, it didn't seem like it affected you that much, but you can tell me if it did. Um, I've had a couple races. Like I don't really do well in all races most of the time. And uh, I've had a couple scares here and there. And um, like when we knew the race was going to be, I mean, I was in Kenya, it was warm, but it was not really like, it was a rainy season. So it's not, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, when we knew how hot it was going to, I just went in and <laughs> drink and drink and hydrate. I, I'm telling you, I, I hydrated so much that you know, I couldn't even sleep. I'm trying to know. <laughs> Getting uh, up every five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 like I knew, I, I knew this is going to be hard for me because I, I've had races where I'm like, I don't finish sometimes because of the heat or like. I finish and I'm not even, you know, able to. Um, so, yeah, I made sure that I took care of the hydration part. And 
I even did that. I, I, I do that. I did that most of my training anyway, but these I had to be extra. Um, and during the race too, I just made sure like every water station, I was drinking, getting my fluids in and everything, but I'm also grabbing a cup of water and just pouring it on myself just to make sure, you know, yep. just keeping things yeah. <laughs> on I the th- low. Uh, I think she did a really good job of just not letting it bother her, yeah. or, like stress her out. You know, a lot of people true, were just true. super, yeah. super upset about, about it and yeah. in their heads yeah. about it. And, and she just didn't let it bother her. Yeah. And I think that was like one of the biggest things, like, you know, you're going to have to run in it. You know what it's going to be. Yeah. Just, you know, accept it and, and move forward. You know, you also brought up a good point that I think every runner should use as a tip. Maybe that night, you know, if you get stressed out because you're having to get up and go to the bathroom because you're hydrating too much or whatever, and you're up and a lot of people are like, Oh, I slept a crap the day before the marathon. You can still run a great race yeah. And, yeah. and not have slept perfectly the night before. Definitely. I mean, you just don't have, yeah. Like he said, you don't, just don't get that in, like, let that into your mind that, oh, I didn't have enough sleep last night or anything like that. I mean, most people most don't people sleep don't. before. Yeah. <laughs> most people don't I have didn't. a good night. Yeah. <laughs> but you could say, okay, I didn't sleep. It's super hot. There's yeah. plenty of excuses for you to be like, this just isn't going to be my day. It's my yeah. day B marathon. I don't need to yeah. prove anything. And instead, you took advantage of it and were able to stay positive. I think that's a, a pretty impressive feat, like maybe even more than the physical feat. Of, of doing it is that you're able to stay focused on your task yeah and i mean as just in marathon it's it's mostly like even any other race it's mostly just mentally and physically so you have to make sure that you don't like you make sure that your mind you know can be able to like change if things you know just don't like it doesn't affect you as much as yeah i think you're talking about mental plasticity no. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry, fancy laughs> I know. I've been listening to Steve Magnus too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that something you practice in training, like the mental side? Do you do anything to prepare yourself for race day and, and that those type of situations? I yeah. Yeah. I mean you have to. Yeah. Uh you have all those like we I have like long walkouts and I guess those really get you ready for because you're like, oh, God, how am I going to get through this and, you know, all these or like one of those rounds when you're, you're very tired. There's a point where you hit a wall in your training and you're just like you you don't know how to get yourself out and uh, and about and um, just making sure that you're being aware of uh, like that is going to be part of like, you know, uh, that would affect you in your training and anything. So just being, you know, knowing that it's not just you being fit physically it's also you being fit uh, mentally so so sharon you mentioned your goal heading into this was sort of just to be in you know top three top five in the in the lead pack steven what what did you say to sharon leading into this did you think something similar were you like what was your your thought oh i thought she was gonna run very well yeah um i had a couple meetings with people before the race um people in the industry and whatnot and and i yeah, I looked like I was a genius afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I, I told a few people, yeah, I think she could be, you know, top three or up in the mix uh, in the race. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I got to go to Kenya before for um, uh, a couple weeks before the race and, and got to see one of the last real hard long runs and, and a workout, um, fartlet workout, long fartlet workout. And, uh, yeah, just knew she was in good shape. So, uh, yeah, felt pretty confident she was going to run well and, yeah, like she said, I mean, the last thing I told her before she got on the bus was just be confident. You know, I I, I know you're in good shape. Be confident and, and put yourself in the race. And 
So yeah, thought uh, thought she'd do well. Obviously, was very surprised and very happy uh, that she she got the pulled out the win and su- just super impressed with that as well. You know, there's this so many people would just be happy being in the top five and then you know being in the top three and just keep digging for the win is just awesome and and I think that sets a, a, a really good precedent for our team and our training group and you know is is always trying to get the most out of it. Yeah, never yeah. settle. <laughs> exactly. I was going to ask, because I would think it would be a tough position to be in a coach. It's like being a parent almost. Is it hard not to have a favorite in the, <laughs> the New York City Marathon? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I mean, she was certainly my favorite in that race. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's, it's uh, yeah. All the athletes we have in the group and that I represent, I, I am very invested in into. So, you know, wanting to see them all do well and, and maximize their, their potential and, yeah, just try to help put them in that situation, you know, and, and, and try to help as much as I can from, from whatever avenue that ends up being. You know? Awesome. So you cross the finish line. And the most iconic, I think, picture that you think of with the New York City winners is when the flag gets draped around you. Now, you spent some time in the States. You've gone to college here. But you're Kenyan. Yeah. And when that flag comes out, like, what what does it feel like as far as um, – representing Kenya and that flag being draped around you. I mean, it, it's a, it's a, it's a good feeling. You know, I have been, I've had the flag draped around me most of the time, but I'm usually like second or third, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so this being the first, I was like, Whoa, it, it feels, it felt really, really, really good. So, I mean, I'm happy to, um, to have won for my team, my company, my, you know, uh, and then my country and yeah, everybody that supported me because that's my roots. So that's where I grew up. That's where all this started. So um, yeah, it, it it really was something. Do you think the competition knew about you before you ran this marathon, or do you think now you've made a statement and when you line up next time, you're going to have more pressure because more athletes are going to be like, I gotta I gotta stick with her and I'm gonna be with her because she's the New York City Marathon winner. Like you're not a secret anymore. Do you feel like that? Yeah, but I wish I was. <laughs> I like being a. <laughs> I <don't laughs> like being uh, a secret. <laughs> but yeah, I. It, I mean, most of them really knew me, but they didn't know me in that uh, the other capacity. So this would be different. But like, I'm still going to be me. I'm still going to train hard, and you know, I'll be ready anytime to get it. Once you get in that start line, I mean, once you're in the start line, it doesn't matter whether you're a champion or you're not. So you're there to compete and you're ready to just compete with anybody. So, yeah. All right. What's the first thing you did after you crossed the finish line and, and got yourself together? What, what was, what did you do? You walk like a mile and a half. <laughs> Wait, do they do they make you guys walk too? We got a ride. Okay, yeah. uh, got a ride. golf cart or something. Uh, they had a van for us. Uh, oh, wow. We had to do some media stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, there. Yeah, it took probably two hours before we got back to the hotel. Yeah. Have you seen what us mortals have to do after New York? <laughs> they make City? us walk like like miles. You, you're already. T- it was it was brutal. <laughs> you walk at, at least a mile and a half just yeah. to get out of the gates. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, they had a van. <laughs> they had a van for us yeah. to get us back to the hotel. We had to go straight to drug testing yeah. too. Oh, so right. yeah, yeah. So you, yeah. You see, that's the part where you we have to do. Yeah, yeah that's why we get right. Well, that's good that you hydrated so much. <laughs> oh, trust me. Once you eat, that's got nothing. Yeah. So what What do they do when you get into the drug testing? Do they are, are they using needles and everything? Like, are you getting blood drawn? 
They do. Yeah. They do both, but not everybody has blood and urine. So yeah. some people just have urine. Some people just have oh, blood. Okay. Yeah. Some people have both. Yeah. So it, I believe it's like a, a random draw between the. I think they tested nine people. Yeah. I think. Oh, it's just a random. Well, random no. draw no. whether you get blood or oh, urine. Yeah. Or okay. Blood yeah. And urine both. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, yeah. that's a lot. So you just had urine, right? Yeah. yeah you just, just had urine. urine. Yeah. 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 Oof. <laughs> yeah, some people have to do blood afterwards yeah. too, and yeah, yeah it, it could take a while. So, but like in races like this, if you get blood drawn and you're tired already, like yeah. seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're all dried out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pulling the dust out of your veins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but I mean, I mean, I'll give it to you and everything, but you really weren't out there that long, so <laughs> like you know, <laughs> two hours for me was long. Yeah, yeah. for you. I mean, I had long runs like. That, but not a race. Yeah. So uh, that was. I'm I'm just kidding you because <laughs> I'm saying that the rest of us were out there much longer, and then had to walk. Yeah. I, you know, I no yeah. van came for us. Yeah. But, yeah. Did you ever actually run 26 miles in training? No. No. Okay. no. I did 40k. That's like 25. Okay. Well, yeah. 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 You got to yeah. do kilometers. I know. We yeah. Are Everybody can miles. Do Sorry, it's yeah, kilometers. You got to adjust. <laughs> I do it yeah. in my head. I forget it's who we were talking to. They were talking about 42K. And I was like, okay. It's yeah. insane because I go to Kenya and I'm like back to kilometers. And then I come back and I have to think, oh, mileage, mileage wise. So it, it's just. Do you like, do that with pace as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but my watch sometimes, my watch, my I remember coach in Kenya would ask me, like, Oh, what what is that? You know, after a kilometer. But then my watch is usually like it will show the kilometers that I've gone. But then it it's mileage. It tells me in mileage, even though I've changed it. <laughs> but it still will be like every mile it will beep. So every time he asks me a kilometer, I'm like, I ask my I'm like, tell him, tell him. Uh, <laughs> and I will tell you, one of our least favorite workouts is one kilometer repeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we do lots of those. <laughs> it's just because in our head, like a half a mile, point five. Yeah. Bile, yeah, you know, yeah, the w- kilometer six something, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> six two. yeah, you're no, just like, ugh, just <laughs> enough to be over that half mile to hurt. Wait until you're doing two kilometers. <laughs> All right. Oh, then that's that, a, yeah, that that's sounds that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> a little wow. over a mile. And yeah. I remember at the beginning of the season, there's a time where you have like three kilometers, two kilometers, one kilometer, or three kilometers, you know, just a mixture of so many things. So you don't even know how to say your watch for that. So you're <laughs> so all metric. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, sometimes, yeah, it, it just depends. Yeah. I mean, we do different workouts for, yeah. but we do a lot of Ks, a lot of 2Ks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 2K sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. They're long. You keep going and you're like, oh gosh, <laughs> this doesn't end. But it's one of those workouts you have to do. <laughs> yeah. It paid off. Clearly, yeah, it does. So. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. I should do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so after the drug testing, the yeah, van, trying to get to you like, get back to the hotel. Do you have, do you celebrate? Do you do something fun or are you exhausted? Oh, exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we stayed there for a while. And then uh, after that, we went back to the room and. Yeah, I sat down with Ed and we're just like, just trying to like, what just happened, you know? <laughs> and uh, Do they feed you? Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. There's like, there's a hospitality area uh, mm-hmm. and you can get food and everything. But then we had dinner after that. We had post, uh, post-race dinner. Yeah, they have a big dinner for yeah. all the yeah. all the marathon yeah. athletes. Early, it's a early dinner. It's like five, uh, yeah. Yeah, we had a good story about that from, um, who was it who ended up? Drinking too much. 
That was an after party. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean, they did does, have an open bar at it's the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think she started. It was at Fuga de Chao. It sucks. Okay. Fuga de Chao? Yeah. Unlimited steak. Dude. Yeah. I've gotten the... That's the only time I've gotten a hangover, and it wasn't from alcohol. I was eating too yeah, much too meat. Much meat. <laughs> yeah, it's all different kinds, too. So, yeah. Yeah. so you're not a vegetarian? No, I yeah. like lamb chops. Oh, oh <laughs> lamb, shanks, everything lamb. So yeah, Pogoda Chow is a place there. to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We had a big meal there, and then Under Armour had a, yeah. a nice little party for us. Uh, ice cream party too. or something, yeah. right? Yeah, ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. yeah. So meat and ice cream, that's your post-celebratory? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was. I couldn't walk down the stairs or up the stairs at that point, but yeah. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was interesting. So the soreness kicked in pretty fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that night, wow. I mean, it did. You, once you, like, sit down and then you get up, uh-huh. you know, it just changes everything. Every time you sit down, you're like, if I, am I going to be able to get up from this chair? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And how long was the break afterwards? How long did you take off from running? I took like completely a little bit over, <laughs> like a lot, more than what I should have. But I just wanted to be able to like be fully recovered. So I just, w- I didn't run for three weeks completely. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. you enjoy like the break. You're not like itching to get back to train. You kind of enjoy the downtime. Because, yeah, you have to yeah. recover to be able to come back, you know. So I just wanted to give myself ample time uh, and ample recovery. Yeah, um, we talked about two yeah. weeks and she was still sore yeah. after a week. Oh, know, wow. Just yeah. take I as mean, much time as we need right yeah. now. My body was recovered. My legs were fine. But it's just like, just the fatigue, uh-huh. you know. It, like tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's and I traveled, and like, I think a lot was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, we just had so much going on. She yeah. stayed in the U.S. for a little while, did a lot of media stuff, yeah. um, went to a wedding, yeah, and went oh, back wow. to Kenya. Dance a lot, so not then, that much downtime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I had a, I had my my roommate from college wedding was the next weekend after okay. New York, so I had to be there, and I danced she had to wear a lot. Heels. Yeah, I had oh, wow. that that made it like the recovery a little bit. <laughs> Well, it's but easy on the Achilles. That right? was the hardest. <laughs> she said that was the hardest part. Yeah, walking around in heels. What's the yeah. drop on those? Oh, it was. It was actually. I honestly thought they were the short one, but they were the like the long ones. <laughs> I, yeah, but then you once you it's like for a long time you know runners we can't really wear heels most of the time, so you wear it once in a while. So. Once you wear them, you're like, okay, I forgot how this. <laughs> They're awful. Yeah, I would have yeah, just taken them yeah. off, probably. Oh, I did. Okay, I did in the dance floor. Yeah. After. <laughs> so yeah. So speaking of footwear, should we uh, segue into talking about yeah. the Under Armour shoe that you ran in? Let's do it. Final check-in. Man, it feels good to run. And just feel how special it is that the beginning of this year, you get to start it off right, getting some miles in, or ending this year, getting these miles in, and finishing up and a successful year of running. It's got to feel good. So stay healthy, stay running, have some fun, and rack up those miles. See you in 23. All right, so we're back. We're going to talk footwear with Jonathan Hutton. Hutton. Yep. 
Uh, it's a difficult name. It's like onion, I'm thinking. Onion. Sure. Yeah. Okay, we're close enough. Yeah. And he is the senior product manager for footwear for running yep. at Under Armour. And one of the things that uh, is kind of interesting is that that's the shoe that Sharon was running in. And a lot of people don't know anything about this shoe. It's not even really released. It had a little, what do you call that kind of release that it had? Limited. Like Limited, yeah, yeah it, uh, back it, before it, World Championships in the summer. Yep. Yeah. So that it could get approved by mm-hmm. World Athletics. Shoes approved, comes out. Sharon gets a chance to show people what it can do. Yep. Like, as a footwear designer, as somebody who put that shoe together, and you get to see an athlete perform in the shoe at this mm-hmm. level, what does that do to you, like, as far as, like, a feeling inside? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> It was a great Sunday morning um, for everyone involved, <laughs> right? Um, I think it's been described the same way, I think, within the brand a couple of times as, like, lightning in a bottle. Because um, it was a combination of things. It's a world major. It's Sharon's debut marathon. It's kind of one of the first races on that scale where that shoe's on the starting line. Um, and she happened to knock it out of the park. And it's that shoe. So it's all these things came together at once. And it happened to be, you know, right before we went down to Austin for TRE and saw you folks um, get to spend the rest of the year celebrating with her. So... It was almost like everything came together at the right time. Um, and so for the team back in Portland and the team here in Baltimore, I mean, you couldn't be more excited. And then it was like, how do we just make this bigger and better and get just to celebrate Sharon? So, And Sharon, as an athlete, you're putting a lot of trust in your sponsor. Like, it's got to be a tough decision because you're looking at it and saying, I have a few years to hit my goals. And I have to be able to put on something that I believe in and I believe they can give me the best chance to perform at my highest ability. Mm-hmm. Was it Under Armour, it, it, like, how did you make that decision to go with Under Armour and to wear the Flow Velocity Elite? Like, I, this is my, like, I signed in uh, 2019, right out of college, and I started with Under Armour. So I just really like the way they value the athletes. They're very, very close to us. They just want our feedback. They want everything that, you know, anything that you say, they put all that into the product and everything. And I really like that because most of the time I'm like, I'm someone that would really like, I, I love when someone listens to what you're saying and then they put it into works and then you get something and you're like, wow, this is uh, my, my input was, you know, it, it, it helped somehow. So I just really love that. And, you know, all those like three years from three years until now, we've we've come a long way. And I've been in every like the progress we've made. I've been in it every single day. And every time there's something that comes off, we have like we get the prototypes, we try them, we tell them this is this is working, this is not working. And then they go and they even do better. So I going into this race, I was very confident. I was like, you know, I know what the work they've been putting all those years and I I knew this, like, when, when it came out the first time, I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, I can't wear my... Because more, all the time, everybody's just talking about the super shoe, the super shoe, you know. And it's... it's For a couple of years, everybody was, like, having all these, the Nikes and everything. And, like, we had... Like, I we had confidence in what was coming for us. I mean, and now we're here and we're able to compete with everybody else and be confident at the starting like you know i have the same i have a competitive product just like anybody else so just going into it i was like you know i it actually ran a couple of workouts in them and um i did a one long run big long run with it and i was like yeah i'm i'm ready let's go this is <laughs> this is what i need uh so yeah 
Well, speak, yeah. speaking of workouts, what are like, we usually have like a shoe rotation. You're not running in the plated shoe all the time. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the other shoes that you're using from Under Armour in your training? I, so I train with the Machina 3s. Those are my training shoes. And then my, I have two, uh, two kinds of the flow, flow velocity elite. So I have the new, the iteration of the old one. Uh, the one that we all ran in together yeah, today. Yes. So then I, I walk out, I do most of my truck workouts in that and my fat legs. And then my long runs I do with the new, uh, uh, the new velocity, the, the, the new version of the velocity elite. I mean, yeah, so that's the thing, you know, to Sharon's point, she's been part of the process. So she's worn probably every version of what the elite is now and what we yeah. know of the current day and also where it's going. So there's the first one that we talked about that came out over the summer in a brief way, and then it'll fully globally launch in the new year in February. Um, but Sharon and a lot of the other teammates or athletes on our roster are already testing the next one. All right, and then cool. they'll be on the third yeah. one. And so, you know, we get to work pretty far in the future, which is great. And then we just stay close with our athletes. And yeah, well, we've been fortunate to be able to, like when Jordan ran in one of the protos of the current yeah. model. So we've seen kind of the evolution and the tweaks that have happened to the shoe. Jordan seemed to do okay doing, I don't know if you follow that, three marathons, <laughs> yeah. three days, yeah. all at around 2.30. He's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he, he's, he's something else. I don't know how he does it on the diet. Like, it's Olive Garden uh-huh. all day long. Like, oh, wow. Carbs. I, I don't know if Carbs, you, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's the way to go. Those aren't even quality. Uh, I'm sorry if Olive Garden's no longer going to be a sponsor of this podcast, but those aren't even quality carbs. Those are just... Garbage carbs. Is there a favorite place that you like to go before? Like, a, do you have a ritual meal before you uh, no, run? No, I just have I, rice if I get it or like pasta. Yeah, yeah. Anything. So not too picky? No, no. I was waiting for her to say Olive Garden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, endless any, breadsticks. Any pasta yeah. place we get, I would. I am comfortable going yeah. so long as they have good pasta and yeah. Well, well that's interesting because you were in Kansas, right? Yes. You're a Jayhawk. Yes. And, you know, what are they known for? Barbecue, I guess. Yeah, Kansas. Yeah. And you're also from Kenya. Yeah. And I think the diet's a little different there <laughs> yeah. than very. It, yeah. Is, do you do you find that you splurge one way or the other? Like, do you like when you get to Kenya? Are you like, oh yes, this is the food I love. I grew up with. This is the best. Yeah. Or are you like, hmm, I love getting some barbecue and all that stuff. Like, what, what's your I mean, we do have a barbecue in Kenya, but it's it's not the same, <laughs> you know, um, with all the dressing and everything. Yeah, it's different here. Um, and I mean, we have a couple in Kenya, but not as much as there is so many versions here. Sometimes some people ask me, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Just give me the meat. Barbecue <laughs> <laughs> um, last night. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we did. Um, but yeah, it, it, most of our Kenyan food, too, it's very like, yeah, I grew up with it. More carbs, you know, the, yeah. the more the better. Uh, and yeah, we have like a couple of different kinds. And I mean, when I was in Kansas, it's like it was my first American food when I got, I mean, I'd never had any. Yeah. But yeah, so I would have like sometimes I'm like, I cook up home. Sometimes I go and yeah, I have the American, you know, I splodge on the meat. And do you, when you go to Kenya, do you introduce recipes that you learn yeah. uh, over here in the States? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But most people are like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> but 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 it's it's they're learning, you know. Yeah. It's it's hard to like change something that you're so used for a very long time. And my other younger people in my family would try. My mom would be like, yeah, uh, yeah, 
Maybe. <laughs> See, I think that would be one of the more difficult things about, you know, the dual citizenship, or not dual citizenship, yeah. but the traveling back and forth. Yeah. Is that like dietary, there's things that you crave and you're not going to get some of those things here in the States that you would get back in Kenya and you have to kind of like adjust. And so like for us, we worry about like having a particular meal before a marathon or something like that. You've got to be a lot more flexible because depending on where you are, yeah. what's available. Yeah. Yeah. But usually like you don't go wrong with rice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you get, I feel like you get that everywhere yeah. or pasta, you know, but Say there's shambles. also, yeah. Yeah. There's also other stuff that I'm like, I mean, I can still get a cup of stuff that, I want for like the Kenyan male to have it here, to make it here, you know. So it's not really like, but if I go home, then sometimes I don't really get the American food, you know. Um, and we're not big on cheese or anything like that. Dairy. People, yeah, yeah. We we drink milk every single day. Like all our tea is like milk, made of milk and water, and yeah. So. Yeah, we still like we still get dated, but it's not. There's not many like oh, oat milk, oh, you know, blood and free, all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> what know? kind of milk do you want? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that section was cooking with Sharon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a spinoff show. <laughs> I did. I I'm curious about the process of working with athletes and the development of the shoe because Sharon obviously has an opinion, but you're working with other athletes. Yeah. And what if they don't share the same opinion? Like Sharon, how do you, Sharon's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Like, is Sharon's opinion rule all, or how does that, how does that factor in? Everybody's. Yeah, it's it's everybody's, and yeah, sometimes they don't align. Um, and so I think that's part of our footwork team and our innovation team's duty to read between those lines. Um, and ultimately, you'd kind of go to like what is the mean or the median of the feedback, um, and what works best for most cases. There's unique things you can do. Obviously, there's a whole lot different world athletics rules now from prototypes and athlete specific stuff. So we can service them in really unique ways in training um, that maybe fits their individual likes better. But when it comes to sanctioned races, then I've obviously what goes to like a retail component. It has to be what fits the broadest, the broadest amount of runners. Oh, so my fantasy of getting a custom race day shoe is not a reality. Like you don't get like a athlete specific like last. Like you, do you have a last of Sharon's foot that you're like this shoe is going to be built around Sharon's foot for New York? So there's there's still stuff that, that that happens. We 3D scan athletes' feet when they come to town, um, and part of that is even just so we can make sure we're getting them the right size. The custom last thing is kind of unique. It doesn't happen, I think, as much as maybe like Hollywood concept of footwear wants you to. Um, so we don't, as a brand, we don't even make that many custom lasts. But for athletes, we want to make sure a we're giving them the best size, and then how we can best run our numbers of our lasts against their like their data. So yeah, it's it's custom in the sense that we just want it to fit them best, and then their feedback is taken on over what could be as short as like, uh, you know, the elite came to life in maybe as quick as twelve months because there was a rush to get it ready for athletes that we needed a service, um, or it could be a longer term project that starts and it could take three years to get it right, and the iterations throughout the time of sharing our athletes is the, the feedback that makes it. So say that she has a weird hump on her foot <laughs> or something. I'm sure your feet are fine. Um, let's say that. Do you guys? Just the upper, like how much customization can go into the athlete's shoe without it uh, interfering with like rules? Yeah, uh, I mean, the world athletic rules are more around like stack heights, foams, and plates, not necessarily like upper fits per se. And so, anything we would say, Sharon wanted to run New York next year or another world major, something like that, in a shoe, we would just have to submit a sample of that version and then she would get her pair checked as well. So, um, there are ways to make things that fit athletes needs. And in the beginning, I think the, 
the line in the sand for the rules was going to be really strict. It had to be this like significant retail component out these many months before. Here's the rules. Like a stock car. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the past two years or two and a half years of the pandemic and stuff, things have changed those rules a little bit to be more nimble. Um, and so we still have to submit things. We still have to get approved. She still has to get her pairs checked at the event. Um, so as long as those things line up, that's fine. Um, but yeah, most of the, the, the really thing they, they look for and care about is all underfoot. So if there was a spring marathon coming up and you were going to race, would it be in the same shoe, a similar shoe? Can you tell us? <laughs> um, I, if I was willing to guess, and Sharon can, Sharon can answer as well, um, I'm, I think she'd probably run in the, in the essentially what is the prototype of the next one. Okay. Um, she's been spending a lot of time in that. She's enjoying mm -hmm. it. It's working for her. Um, and it'll be especially, say we get to a spring marathon, a little bit further in the process of iterations closer to what will eventually come to market, which that would be like 2024 for the second version. Um, so I, I'd imagine she'd probably stick with that if she's still working for her between now and then. Yeah. And did we did we mention uh, like what your next race is going to be? Mm, we don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we could have asked him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> athlete coach question. Yeah. I'm just a shoe guy. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I don't know if you need to know where to ship them. <laughs> yeah. no, they'll, they'll let us know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, can you no. tell, like, for those of us who have tried the original uh, Flow Elite, are you allowed to tell us what's, like, some of the updates and changes and where you're moving with the second and third iteration of the shoe? Yeah, definitely. Um, the The next rounds is just kind of optimizing the toolkit. Um, you know, I think, and Sharon kind of mentioned this, like, a lot of brands offer a shoe on that stage now, and it's at that level of competition. So when you get to most brands offering something in the same vein, you start, like, mixing at the margins um and so some of the changes we'll make to the second version is some alterations to the last that allow us to maximize stack height so the first one doesn't max out at the 40 millimeter number um so we did some work on the next one to get it to like 39 and a half for example um we changed some of the geometry of the plate for a little bit more toe spring and toe fleck so it'll have the same kind of ingredients we think of from the first one but be maximized for performance and to really drive that elite as race day, go-to workout, long run, marathon shoe. Um, and then we're working on building other things out in our line that support maybe shorter distances or training days. Um, and so the line from Under Armour, Under Armour will become, we keep calling it like a toolkit for the athletes, where maybe it's six shoes and they get to pick them by the day and Sharon will have and all our athletes will have everything they need. Um, but yeah, the next one is just really about maximizing and optimizing the toolkit for that specific shoe. Cool. And what are you guys both most excited for in the future of footwear and Under Armour? Can I go first? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just really excited secrets, to, so. see, to see what what we're going, you know, where we're going and um, just being like the process. I'm just excited for what's coming next. You know, I'm already, you know, as you said, like there's something in the, in the mix. So i uh, really looking forward to that and. You know, just being able to like get out there, and I'm like, you guys check out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Flex. Yeah. 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 I mean, I you know, obviously, I know where the the brand is looking to go in the next couple of years. Um, so there's a ton that I'm excited for, but I think with the investment of 
our three pro teams now, two in Baltimore, one in Flag. Um, this obviously is excessive Sharon. We got to celebrate her all day at our Christmas party on Tuesday. Yes. Yes. Armor. She was the special guest. Nice. Um, we didn't get that invite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's. Uh, I'm excited for the investment from the brand into the space. You know, we are a team sports brand by nature, American football, lacrosse, things like that. Um, and performance running is one that, as a global brand, you have to be involved in. And so the investment from the brand to support athletes and support the product teams to service those athletes is where I'm excited because it just opened doors for us to explore things that are obviously business right. Yeah. Got to sell shoes at the end of the day, but also doing things that make our athletes better. Yeah. Mm. Well, that is great. We really appreciate your time and we look forward to seeing, look, I, I can't even speak, right? Yeah. We look forward <laughs> to seeing where Under Armour goes with the footwear. Obviously we're based in Baltimore, Under Armour is based in Baltimore. We're rooting for you as a brand that we want to be able to, you know, really get behind and, and see some uh, innovation from. So we're excited of what's going on. Now we're huge fans of Sharon Locchetti. Oh, thank um, you. you know, you've been, been very fun to talk to. I really appreciate your time and yeah. coming out in this cruddy weather. And yeah, and running, running five miles with us with in garbage yeah, weather. Getting to do that run was, was awesome. I think it'll be a memory for a lot of people who came out. And maybe just because it was so crummy, the weather, it'll stick in people's minds a little yeah. longer. I would like so, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. But yeah, thank you so much. No, thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. We had so much fun and, you know, Anytime. When I'm here around, I would drop by and say hi. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. All right. Hey, I really want to say thank you to Sharon Lachetti. You were a phenomenal guest. We really enjoyed having you in. Along with other people from Underarm, we had the uh, shoe designer in here as well, and her coach. Did you bring up King Cheserek at all? We did. Yeah. Yeah. So you can tell Robbie's going to be listening to it along with you. Yeah. To uh, find this stuff out, but yeah, we brought up the Ches. Cool. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, and thanks to Under Armour for making that possible, and Soul Focus. Uh, for coming and helping with the run. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who showed up for the run. That was amazing. Like, I, I thought nobody would be here. I, if we had 10 people, I would have been like, this was a success in this type of weather. To have 60 or so people come out was just amazing. Mm -hmm. I ate some of those pastries for probably three days afterwards. Makes sense. They had a box of pastries and bagels. I got, I, you know. Where were they from? Well, it was strange because some of it was from Panera, right? There was some from Panera and then some from THB. So I think they backed up like they're like, oh, more people are coming. And so they did like a what do you call it when someone drives up and drops things off? Oh, drop off. But like one of the to services. Go? What is the service called? Curbside Grub delivery? Grubhub. Like no. they Grubhub or what's the other one? I don't know. There's nothing. Yeah. Like I don't think you can make Grubhub a verb. <laughs> Grub they Grubhub. Sounds dirty. But I, yeah. They gribbled I, the hibble. <laughs> <laughs> you know when. Back in the day when they would use like every part of the buffalo, uh -huh. that's, that's basically Robbie. what I did with that box of pastries because the almonds were all falling off. Cause you know, when it gets old, all the almonds yeah. fall. And then I put those almonds into my yogurt and <laughs> repurposed yes. them. And then I just kept eating the pastry. I swear we times. pay Robbie. I swear he gets a, a check. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I mean, I'm a conservationist. Resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it was good. So good job, Panera. 
All right. And thanks to <laughs> Brandon for editing up the podcast and taking care of it for us this week. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will check in with another podcast before the end of the year. But we're going to record it early. So I'm going to say it now. Happy New Year. Dang, we made it another year. This is incredible. 2023. Not yet. <laughs> right. That's where we're going. Okay. Uh, okay. Like when I'm saying I wish you a happy new year, 2023. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right. oh, okay. Like I'm not going to say But then it. I thought you were like, we made it 2022. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Uh, hi, Ma. There we go. It's over. <laughs>